0: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast with Chef Mary Mamoliti.
1: It's so much fun, but you know, for somebody like me, I take that competition. So seriously, because this is literally my life. It's my job. I live, eat, sleep, and breathe this career. And going onto Top Chef Canada was something that I, you know, we'd all dreamed of. And you go there with one goal in mind and that is to win the competition. You're there and you kind of just get this tunnel vision. Yes, you make friends along the way and you enjoy the cooking process and, you know, enjoy the whole thing. But at the end of the day, we're all there for the title of Top Chef Canada and you're there to prove yourself. You always have to be on and that's very nerve wracking.
0: That's Erica Karbelnick. She's a chef, caterer, recipe developer and Food Network Canada's Top Chef Season 9
1: winner. Hi, Erica. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Well, welcome. It's so great to have you here with us today. It's great to be here. I'm really excited.
0: I want to kind of talk a little bit about Top Chef Canada. Mm -hmm. So, was entering this competition always something that you wanted to do? So, why did you enter?
1: So, my husband and I have been fans of the show for like 17 years. And I'm talking Top Chef America and then getting into Top Chef Canada once it started. We had watched every season, every episode, probably five times over. Um, there were seasons that we studied and, you know, we watched it going through college and it was something that was always just so inspirational and we had had aspired to want to do. Um, and then when COVID hit, um, I wasn't working. My restaurant had already closed down. My husband's restaurant was in the midst of closing down and I had saw that they were doing a casting. So I sent him the link and I said, you know, this is your chance. Cause he had always wanted to do it. I wanted to do it, but I was like very on the fence because I had done Chop Canada, but like we had a similar story with that one on how we applied. Like, I'm just not, I never felt like I was a TV person. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm applying. Are you going to apply? And I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I'm ready for it. I, I don't really want to do this. This isn't a me thing. And he applied. And then on the very last day, he kept like nagging at me and nagging me. And was, like, do it, just do it already. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll apply. And the application process is really long. Like you have to do an online form, then you have to do a video. If you get through the online form, then it's a phone call, then it's a Zoom interview. Like there's quite a few steps. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I don't think I'll get in. And then all of a sudden, we just started like making it through every round. And we kind of started looking at each other like, oh my God, is this actually gonna happen? Are they gonna take us both? No way. And yeah, like he forced me to do it. I'm very glad he did. It was a great experience, but peer pressure.
0: And what was that competition like going
1: through it with your husband? Crazy. Um, completely surreal to especially to be there together. Um, my husband and I have really done like everything together over the past 16 years. We went to college together. You know, we were in every class together. We currently own our own business together. Um, for the longest time, we never worked together in an actual kitchen. Like we'd worked together before, um, but not in like the outside world in our jobs. Um, So we barely saw each other. And I mean, I knew what he could do. I know how talented he is as a chef, but to actually be in a competition where you can see your significant other, like totally kick ass. And you're like, wow, like, I knew you were good, but that's what you can do. It's a very proud moment to see your partner shine and uh, push forward and just continuously, you know, strive for what they want. But I mean, the whole thing, you have your ups and downs, just like in a regular kitchen, like you're going to have your bad days. We had our bad days. There are times where like, you know, I needed my space, he needed his space. And I was just like, I need you to go away for a minute, because I'm in my feelings. And there's lights and cameras on me. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of strangers. And I just need a second. Um, But we have a very good understanding with each other that we kind of know when that moment happens. And we're like, we need to take a step back. Um, but it was, it was great. Um, It was a great support system. It was a lot of fun to do together. Um, You know, again, like I said, we do everything together. So it was just one more thing to add to the list.
0: You know, and speaking from experience, I can say that you you sometimes forget, like when you're in that moment that the cameras are around you. Yeah. Yeah. So to always keep that in mind and be on top of that to say, okay, I know the cameras are on me right now and I need to make sure that I'm not um, saying something that I would in my own home because we just kind of, your husband and wife you let that slide. exactly
1: exactly and I think people need to remember at the end of the day especially when watching this show um you know we made jokes about it while we were filming like this isn't reality dating tv and like there were a bunch of times where they're like you guys need to kiss each other and I was like no like I'm here to cook um but like people at home need to remember that like we are a normal everyday couple we fight, we have our moments, you know, don't hate us for it. Like we're that's it. We're and human. if you didn't, yeah, yeah, and if you didn't,
0: then it wouldn't be normal.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like we've been together for 16 years.
0: <laughs> that's incredible. Are you up for a couple of games? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're gonna start with this or that. Are you a morning person or a night
1: owl? Ooh, I wanna say. Before I was a mom, definitely a night owl. Um, uh-huh. And now I'm forced to wake up at 6 a.m., so I've been forced <laughs> to be that morning person. <laughs>
0: do you prefer mild or spicy?
1: Ooh, spicy. I like the heat. Pizza
0: or pasta?
1: Ooh, that's hard. I have to say pasta. People are going to kill me for that. No, it's tough. <laughs> it's a hard it's one. tough. <laughs>
0: With fries, do you prefer ketchup or mayo? Ketchup. Chili or stew?
1: Chili. Chicken or beef? Beef. I'm a steak girl.
0: Love a good steak.
1: Yeah. Are you medium rare? Medium well? No. Oh, Lord. No, no. I am. I'm rare. Like, I like my cow. still moving. No way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Were there any experiences or behind the scenes or any stories that stand out to you? Like, what was the experience like? Did you find yourself always on? Did you find it very nerve wracking or was there like the sense of calm at some point?
1: No, it's always nerve wracking. You're literally, I mean, for starters, I think that like our casting producers wanted to kill us because every two seconds, every one of us had to pee. We were just like, (laughs) we were all so nervous before we started shooting that it was like this person has to be there, this person has to be they take us in groups to go pee and then five minutes later it's like we have to pee again
0: and to mention when you have to pee you're geared up like you've yeah. got
1: yeah mics you're mic'd up in yeah a home bit, yeah so like you're literally standing at the table ready to start filming for a quick fire and you're like wait <laughs> you have to pee um <laughs> you're always on um you know i mean the only time that we really weren't on was when we were done filming and we were back at the hotel because they didn't focus on the off screen um but like once you get into that studio and you're mic'd up you're you're always on and that's really hard because you know again you have your moments it's a very stressful competition it's so much fun um but if, you know for somebody like me i take that competition so, seriously, because this is literally my life. It's my job. I live, eat, sleep, and breathe this career. Um, and going onto Top Chef Canada was something that I, you know, we'd all dreamed of. And you go there with one goal in mind, and that is to win the competition. Um, And if you're a competitive person like me, which I found out that I was, um, (laughs) I didn't know I was that competitive, but apparently I am. Um, But you're, you know, you're there and you kind of just get this tunnel vision of like, I'm here for one thing and this is what I need to focus on and nothing else really matters um, you know, yes, you make friends along the way and you enjoy the cooking process and, you know, enjoy the whole thing. But at the end of the day, we're all there for $100,000. We're all there for the t- title of Top Chef Canada and you're there to prove yourself. Um, you know, I was an executive chef of a spa at the time and they're watching, like they're honing in on me going, you know, why did I hire this person? I need to represent myself in a very good way uh, when it comes to my cooking skills. And I mean, sometimes it kind of bites you in the butt uh, by taking it a little bit too seriously. But um, you you always have to be on and that's very nerve wracking because y- you can have your moments.
0: And that's I mean, I love that you're sharing that because that's what a lot of people do not understand. Mm-hmm. They don't take into consideration mm-hmm. what's actually
1: happening. Yeah, 100%. You know, I got a lot of comments um, after the show because I had one episode where, you know, I, I didn't um, represent myself in the best way, I guess you can say emotions took over. Um, and You know, I got a lot of backlash for it afterwards and a lot of people just didn't understand like you're showing maybe a 10 to 30 second clip of you know, what you're seeing compared to six hours of what's going on there. We're frustrated. We're tired. We've been filming for 14 hours. You know, we're hungry. We've just gone through the stress of this challenge, whether you're on the bottom or you're in the middle, you know, it is so nerve wracking. And these are long days. Yeah. So when you're that tired and you're, you're that stressed out, you know, you get emotional.
0: Looking back, what lessons did you learn from the competition? Was there anything that you would do differently?
1: Um, yeah, I, I definitely learned to breathe a little bit more. Um, maybe don't take it so seriously. I think that's the one thing that, I mean, it worked in my benefit, um, but I wish I just would have had a little bit more fun with it rather than taking it so serious because it was a really fun experience.
0: I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Chef Erica Karbelnick, Food Network's Top Chef Canada Season 9 winner. Okay, I want to dive in to Erica and get to know you all about you. Yes. When did you first become interested in cooking?
1: Oh, I've always been interested in cooking. Um, I've been cooking probably since I was about four years old. Uh, It was never... Growing up, it was never like that dream that I wanted to be a chef. I didn't really know that you could, you know, do that as a career. Um, You know, I, I watched... TV. I watched Food Network. Uh, I was watching Anthony Sedlack and Laura Calder and Ricardo and Emeril Lagasse and Christine Cushing. And I always loved um, that. I would, like, I'd come home instead of watching cartoons, I'd be watching that. And there was this show on TVO I used to watch uh, with a dad and this like eight year old girl. And she used to cook things with her dad. And I used to come home and I'd be like, Mom, I want to make this. Can we go to the grocery store and buy these ingredients? Um, so I was always in the kitchen growing up, and I would always be helping my mom. But I never thought it was going to be a career. Um, and uh, it wasn't actually until I started dating Josh that um, you know he had always wanted to be a chef, and he got an apprenticeship at North Forty Four. And uh, there was a night that I made him dinner, and he was like, "You're really, really good at this. I know you love to cook." And I had worked at like you know, I when I was fourteen, I would worked at. Um, uh Wetzels pretzels at the movie theaters making pretzels um i worked at east side mario's as the pizza girl you know pickle barrel is the person who made salads and did take out um you know i worked at a bakery so
0: you've always as far back as even yeah. like in your teens that you've worked in the food industry yes
1: yeah yeah i was always in the hospitality industry um and then gad yeah, at 17 he uh he was doing his apprenticeship and he said, you know, why don't you see if you can get into a co-op program in your school and see if you can do the same thing. So I was very interested in it. And I went and I spoke to my guidance counselor and I spoke to my co-op teacher and um, they said, yeah, if you can find a placement, then we'd be happy to help you get an apprenticeship. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I went out and I, I bought like the fanciest suit dress at 17 years old that I could get because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I was like, I need to be yeah. all businesslike. Uh, yeah. I walked into the Hazleton Hotel and I was like, I need to speak to your executive chef, please. Um, and they brought me into the back no of the kitchen. Way. Yeah, and I was like, I was shaking in my boots. I'm like, I just need to walk in confidently right now. And, you know, knowing what I was talking about and like having the devil wears Prada stuck in my head. And I'm like, I need to just like <laughs> strut my stuff here. Um and yeah, Andrew Ellerby, uh, chef Andrew Ellerby came out and I spoke with him and I told him what I was looking for. And he said, Yeah, no problem. Let's start you an apprenticeship. And um, I think it was like maybe a week later, I was in the kitchen. And so I was going to school in the morning for, you know, two hours of class. And then and I lived in Richmond Hill at the time. Um, so I was going from Richmond Hill and then I had to take transit and get myself to Yorkville. Um like two hours later work in Yorkville for you know four to six hours for my co-op apprenticeship program and then I had to find a job at nighttime because I was living on my own this was in high school yeah this was when I was 17 turning 18 and then after like I I did about six months of the co-op until I gained my hours uh, that I needed for my apprenticeship and I was working on my red seal and, uh, and then once it was completed, I went and I, you know, I had an amazing time. I shook his hand. I said, chef, thank you so much for having me. This was an unbelievable experience. And he looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? I'm going to see you here Monday morning. You're going to have your whites on and now you're going to get a paycheck. And yeah, that was the beginning of it all. And then just continued in the industry. Yeah. I, uh, I worked at one for three years um on and off because I'd left to go to culinary school at Niagara. Um and I just I worked my way up to um Entremont on uh in their kitchen uh where I was just getting my hand into sauces and then I had been hired by somebody else to become a saucier. So um I had worked there for three years. I worked under some amazing chefs like I, I thank these chefs every day for being the most amazing mentors. Um, and then I just continued the career and I haven't stopped since. What was culinary school in Niagara like? Amazing. They have a phenomenal program. Um, you get to learn horticulture, you get to learn wine, you get to learn beer, you get the baking, you get the pastries, you get the cooking. It's so personal and so one-on-one and my husband and I have a very close connection with Niagara we loved living there we still go there now we still have chef friends there um you know we're planning another pop-up there this year we have done a pop-up there in the past we're in works actually right now with the school and doing things um because we're alumni. So we we love Niagara College. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend Niagara College to anybody who is in Ontario or in Canada that wants to go to a culinary school here. It's it's best of the best.
0: I read this about you, and I'm so interested to talk about it. You are trained in French-Italian cuisine. Yes. And then you specialize in handmade pasta. Yes. So what's it like for you to make the pasta? What is it about it that that just draws you to it?
1: Um I started making pasta at uh I started doing it as a hobby actually. Um but uh I started doing it in a restaurant in Vancouver when I worked there uh and there was something about it that was so this this restaurant was so busy. Uh you couldn't get a reservation. It was literally like by the end of service and we only had like 30 or 40 seats. Um, But by the end of service, you were drenched in sweat. Um, I was in the best shape of my life working on that line. But um, (laughs) (laughs) there was something about during the day making the pasta that was just so relaxing. And I just, it transported me to a different place. And to this day, it's just like one of those things that if I'm having a really bad day or, you know, it's just, I just need a moment um, I just make pasta. It's just my relaxing time. It's like having a really nice cup of tea.
0: Hearing you say that, it reminds me of when I was in Italy. So I went to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and walking through the tiny, like these very narrow routes and little alleys that go in between the homes, you see like the nonnas that nonas, are sitting outside yeah. making the pasta. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just stand there and watch them. And it was just so interesting mm-hmm. to me and so much fun. And it just, re-
1: it, it felt like home, like comfort. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a sense of home, which is really nice. And French-Italian cuisine. Yeah. So, I mean, I believe every chef is really, um, you know, you start off with the basics, which is French technique. Um, and French technique and Italian technique are very similar, but very different, uh, you know, so... French technique, when you're braising, you're braising in beef stock. Whereas in Italian technique, you're braising in tomato sauce or actually you're braising in milk. Um, so I got to learn both ends of the dining. And then sometimes I just like mix them together. It's amazing. Two of my favorite. (laughs) I used to have my, my Italian chef used to say to me all the time, stop adding so much butter. And I was like, "Chef, I was going to ask. Yeah. About the butter. I'm like, chef, I'm French trained. You can't tell me to not add butter. He's like, this is Italian cooking. And I was like, so we're going to make it French Italian.
0: <laughs> exactly. Make your sauce. Exactly. You finish it off with a d- but, little bit of butter.
1: butter. Yeah. You have to. More butter, the better. What are you currently working on mm. and what's next for you? Uh, so much. We're working on so much. So My husband and I currently own our own business, uh, Carbs Catering and Private Events. We are a private chef and events company. So we specialize in um, at-home fine dining. Uh, We bring the restaurant to you. We do custom tasting menus. We work directly one-on-one with you to create your perfect menu. We don't have lists to choose from. Um, there is not, you know, you don't go to our website and be like, oh, I I want this package. No, we have a starting price. We talk to you, we create the menu with you. So the menu that you get, nobody else is ever going to have. It's a constant, um, new menu, which is, it's amazing. We believe food is personal. So we make the experience personal. Um, we come to your house, we deck out your table, we bring florals, candles, linens, printed menus, uh we bring a server if you need we bring a bartender if you need we literally transform your house as if you were in a restaurant but you can wear slippers under the table it's so great that is amazing um, and then on top of that we do event planning um we do large events we do weddings we do you know corporate events office parties office lunches all that stuff we cater to that as well um but our our specialty is the in-home sit down fine dining meals um and then we do full event planning. So you don't have to call a million people. Um, you just call me. I set up balloon garlands. I set up entertainment. I set up, you know, you want jugglers. You want fire throwers. You want belly dancers. I can get all that for you. We do full furniture rentals, uh, table rentals. So we're a one-stop shop for everything.
0: Um, and that is so helpful, especially when you're mm-hmm. planning the larger events. Yeah.
1: Even smaller events, like you said, in your home. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we make it easy for people, I take on all the stress. (laughs) Um, so that's my, my, you know, my main focus. That's my other little baby. I love our business. I love what we do. Uh, and I get to work with my husband on it and it's always challenging our minds coming up with new menus. Like when we have four events in one week and each event has different menus, it can definitely get chaotic, but, um, I, I absolutely love it. Um, I am currently in partnerships with medium rare. We are working on a chef Erica K collaboration in an apron, which is really fun. Um, an apron line. I am currently helping open a restaurant. I'm the chef ambassador of a restaurant that's going to be opening in Toronto very shortly. I can't say too much about it because I am in a complete NDA. Um, But it is sports-focused. We're working one-on-one with the players. There's going to be huge wine selection focused very much on artwork. Um, And I'm helping cultivate a five-course menu that's going to be done in there. It's a very, very, very fun concept. Josh and I are going to be in the TO Food and Drink Fest upcoming in March. We're going to have a carbs catering booth there. People can come sample a really fun dessert that we're going to be showcasing and kind of... um, See the setups that we do because we're going to have a little mock setup of um, the tables that we could do for you in your home, which is really fun. Oh my goodness, what else? Uh, I'm drafting up, I'm just trying to work on it in the midst of all of this, but drafting up, trying to get a cookbook done. I'm in an upcoming show this year that's currently in the process of editing. It's another competition show, it's one episode. Josh and I are on it together again. That's amazing. Can you tell us anything about that? It's a family fun, friendly show. Um, It's definitely not something that you've seen me do before. It's hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious filming it. So I can only imagine what watching is going to be like. It was just (laughs) a really, really fun, lighthearted show. I'm very excited for it to come out. So that should be airing hopefully this summer. And it's going to be on CW Network.
0: What is your kitchen
1: confession? I ask every single guest to share something with us. Okay. So I have two stories. Um, So one, what, you know, this, I think every cook goes through this. And um, when you're starting off in the industry, uh, but when I started off in the industry, I'd go home and like, you just constantly have nightmares of service. Um, And I remember I, I was sleeping one day. And I had a dream that I was cooking on the line and I was, you know, calling back to the chef and I was moving pans and my husband woke up the next day and he's like, do you even know what you did last night? And I was like, no, what? He's like, You're, okay, your hands were moving all over the place in your sleep. You looked like you were boxing. You were calling out, <laughs> yes, chef, in your sleep. And you almost punched no me in the way. face. <laughs> no way. So I was having a full on service in my dreams and acting it out while I was sleeping and almost gave him a black eye. It was great. <laughs> and I think, you know,
0: you're exhausted. Yeah. When <laughs>
1: and I think every, every cook goes through those nightmares where like you just constantly hear the chip machine. Like you have that chef right here on your shoulder. <laughs> um. Very funny story that happened while I was working in a kitchen once. Uh, it actually happened at once. So very big hotel kitchen. Um, it was slow. I think it was the middle of winter. Like it was like after Christmas holidays or something. And so there was only myself working on the hotline. And then we had one person in Garmanger and my sous chef. And my sous chef was working. He was across the pass. Um, So it was just me in a kitchen. And like you're talking about you have grill, you have entremont, you have sauce, you have Fryer station and you have veg and I was working all the stations all at once like it was that slow um and we had uh Onyx come in the the fire suppression system people and they accidentally turned off the alarm for the hotel um which you know that automatically sets off the sprinklers Um, Right. And we're, we're literally like maybe half an hour into service. And all of a sudden we hear the fire alarms going, we see the lights going and my chef just yells. And we have all of this on camera because we have cameras in the hotel. My chef yells, cover the fryer. (laughs) And we kept a sheet pan for moments like this right beside the fryer. So I ran, I go, I cover the fryer. All of a sudden suppression system goes off, whole kitchen is encased in smoke. And you just see my sous chef literally dart over the pass, jump over the counter, run out of the kitchen. We had a back door. So you just see me run from the fire and you just see me run through smoke and run out of the kitchen door closes. And we all just stop and we're like, what the hell just happened? No time to uh, wrap our mise en place no time to cover anything except the fryer um so it was oh just, my yeah. god kitchen was flooded like i want to say like a good foot of water um everything was every bit of mise en place that was out there was garbage it was done lost um so obviously we had to shut down for lunch uh, we had to call in the reinforcements we had to squeegee all the water out of the kitchen we had to reprep everything and still open for a five o'clock service No way. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that was like that to me. And like, we're talking that was, you know, 15 years ago. That to me is the funniest story. And like, we literally used to sit in the office and replay the video over and over and over again, because it was just the funniest thing to watch. Like, did
0: you kind of slow mo when your chef kind of uh, box horse oh, yeah, the counter.
1: hundred percent. Just... Like, I don't think I've ever seen him jump so high. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe gymnastics mm. is in his future. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's one of my favorite stories. Oh my God.
0: Thank you for sharing yeah, that. Sweet. That was amazing. <laughs> if listeners want to reach out more information, they want to know where to find you, where can they connect with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um so Instagram is the best way. Uh, I've got two Instagram platforms. Obviously, one is Chef Erica k That's more of like um my simple everyday recipes. Uh if you want to reach me, they're for... delicious
0: by the way. I follow you. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Um if you want to follow my company and see any upcoming events that we're doing or pop-ups or reach out to us to host a dinner or to do your event or Or plan your party, um, you can reach us at bring on the carbs and carbs is spelt with a K. So it's like our last name. So B-R-I-N-G-O-N-T-H-E-K-A-R-B-S.
0: I I love it. Thank you so much. This was so
1: much fun. I could talk to you forever. Thank you. This was a lot of fun and I really appreciate you having me on. You're wonderful. This was a great podcast.
0: (laughs) It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini.
1: Thanks for listening.